0: Welcome to Bromitown Church. It's great to see you again this week. I hope that you've had a good week, and it's great that you're joining us again today. Today, I'm just going to be talking about two things, and the two things are these. Pressures from the lack of normality, and my kingdom is not of this world. Pressures from the lack of normality, and my kingdom is not of this world. So, to start off with those. Pressures from the lack of normality. You know, it was back on the 15th of March that we last in the church building, all meeting together. That Sunday was a baptismal service. And there we were baptizing several candidates and enjoying each other's company. And now here we are, 15 weeks later, Uh, in this digital platform, online, completely different, missing each other. And we are missing each other. We're feeling that sense of loss of not having been together. We're feeling that sense of frustration at how long this lockdown is going on and all the challenges that there are with it. And yes, we do know that come the 4th of July, there's going to be a whole range of new changes. But it's this whole pattern of life that we've been going through and the changes in life that we're going through. We're wondering, is there really normality? In fact, what is a normal life? What is a normality for us? And you know, there are a number of situations in life that they declare to be very stressful. For instance, the loss of a loved one or a close relative, a husband or wife, that is at the top of the very list. That is the most stressful situation. And coming close second to that is actually uh, separating from somebody or divorcing somebody. That is very, very high on the list. But there are other things in life as well, like losing your job, moving home, getting married, facing financial pressures. All of these are high stress situations. And of course, this isn't the only list. There's, there's many other situations that we can add to it. But they're all high stress situations. And why are they so stressful? Well, quite simply, it's because the foundations that we had, the security that we had, the normality of life that we had has suddenly been affected. And therefore, our foundations are being shaken. And what we felt was secure is suddenly insecure. And everything shifts and changes around. And so that is why, even when we're facing this big change that these these stressful situations bring, they bring stress into our lives. And it's difficult. It's funny because, you know, we might have been in a job... And although we didn't really like the job and there were problems with that job, but suddenly when the job's gone, you think, well, well, all the problems have been taken away. But no, that job was providing for us some financial input. It was helping us. It was keeping us employed. And it was all the things actually something we realized we enjoyed about that job, but now it's gone and there's new stresses that come. It's the same with marriage. I mean, marriage is a wonderful thing and it's great to be celebrating your wedding day and all the excitement that goes with that But we also know, uh, certainly if you've been married, you will know that coming up to that day, there's so much stress in organization, getting things sorted out, and even the stress of just changing because now you're going into a married life. There's stress in those sorts of situations. Well, just think for a moment. These last 15 weeks, we have been through many, many different changes. And it's hardly surprising that there is a sense of stress that is felt by many people. Some people have lost loved ones during this situation to the COVID virus itself. Or even not only through that, uh, they've lost loved ones through other natural causes. But that change and that stress that that brings, brings a real difference and and an upset to our lives. And that's happening not only with us in the church, but right across the country. With the added stress that in these times, if somebody's in hospital, you can't even go and visit them there. And that's an estrangement that is very, very difficult. And people have been furloughed from their work. So suddenly, where they were working, they're now no longer working. And some of those have been furloughed. Some people have lost their jobs with all of the stress that that comes. That causes financial stresses or growing financial stresses that people are feeling. And all in the midst of this, there's actually the loss of relational connection that every one of us feels. As I said, 15 weeks ago, there we were back in the church and we were just taking it for granted that here is another, well, normal Sunday. We're meeting together, we're chatting, we're having coffee. But all of that relational connection, which is so vital to our lives as it helps us in our relationships, our sharing, our talking with one another, that has gone missing. So it's hardly surprising to say that this has been and is still A very stressful time. I know for some of you, you have been completely isolated. You haven't really been meeting other people. And so there's that that real estrangement, that change of just being alone during this time. There's a lot of stress that is going on. But in the midst of all of these stresses, I want to remind you that God is with us. Let me just reflect back on a story which many of you will be familiar with. It's found in the book of Daniel Chapter 3, the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. These three Jewish men who'd come from, who'd been taken from their city and had now come to live in Babylonia and were serving the Babylonian government. There they were serving, but King Nebuchadnezzar had set up this image of himself and he was demanding that everybody bow down and worship this image. But these three young Jewish lads, they knew that their laws and the law of their God was that you should bow down to no image. And they maintained that position, but they were being forced into a difficult circumstance because anybody who didn't bow down was going to face a fiery furnace. And it comes out that these people get, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, get identified as three who are not bowing down, and they're brought before King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar says to them, will you please bow down? I'll give you a last opportunity. And they say, King, we respect you, but we're not going to bow down. And uh, we believe that our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to the image. They were polite, they were gracious, but King Nebuchadnezzar lost his temper with them. And he had them bound securely, and he had the furnace heated even hotter, and he had them thrown into the furnace. There they were clothed, says they had their turbans on, they had their clothes on, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. But when they looked, or when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, having seen them thrown in, he didn't just see the three, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, but he saw a fourth that was like a god. And there in the midst of the fiery furnace was Jesus who had come to be with them, who had come to protect them, who had said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And in the midst of that situation, he was still with them. So I just want to encourage us in the midst of the situation. And, you know, for some people, it feels like you are in a furnace. It feels like you're going through the fires of difficulty. It feels like the stresses are building up. I want to remind you that God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is with you. And even last Sunday, when we were being led in our worship by Emma Byrne, she referred to that song, uh, Surrounded, and she sang that song to us. And, you know, that song, again, reminds us of the fact that God is always with us. He is, we may feel like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by God in whatever we do. And that song, of course, comes from a situation in two kings, a situation where Elisha, the prophet, was surrounded, or rather the city where he was, the city of Dothan, where he was staying, was suddenly surrounded by the Aramaean army. They had come during the night because they wanted to capture Elisha. And in the morning, his servant woke up and saw them. Let me read to you from 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17. It says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, he said, what will we do now? The young man cried out to Elisha, Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Wherever you are, whatever stresses are coming against you, I want you to know, that as a Christian, God has promised, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And we want to take hold of that. Let me just pray, even right now, for this situation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every one of those who are watching this service. Father, I pray that your peace, your presence, your blessing will come upon their lives. The Lord, that in the midst of all the stresses that this circumstance, this shaking has brought upon us, we pray that our hearts will not be shaken, but that our confidence and our strength will be found in you. Renew to us, Lord, the joy of the salvation that you have brought to us and strengthen us at this time, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're precious from the lack of normality. And my second point is this. My kingdom is not of this world. We are in the midst of a second shaking. Some are portraying this as just a racial issue, but we know that it's not just a racial issue. There is a justice issue. There is a fairness issue. There is a cry out for new justice or proper justice to be felt for everybody, an equality and a fairness. And I have to say that for myself, it's only during this time that I have really understood that there are real unspoken privileges that are afforded to me, not because of my education, not because of my skill, not because of all sorts of things, but simply because of the color of my skin. And I don't want to just brush over this issue, but I want us to show, I want us to see that we have a real need at this time to be found in the kingdom of God. My kingdom is not of this world. Let me just read John chapter 18, verses 33 to 36. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were... My followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. When we were born, we were born into a certain country And we grew up in that country learning certain ways, the, the culture, if you like, of that particular country or nation where we were born. So there are certain foods that we've become accustomed to, certain ways that we go about, all because we were raised in a particular country. For instance, if you were born into the United Kingdom here, you've grown up knowing and loving fish and chips. And you know, well, not everybody, but you know what I mean. You understand that we drive on the left-hand side of the road. You would understand that Yorkshire pudding is not something you have with cream, but something you'd have or find with a roast dinner. You would know those things because you have been brought up here. Similarly, if you were born in the United States, Then you would be growing up enjoying burgers and fries and hot dogs and pumpkin pie and things like that. And you would know that you drive on the left hand side of the road uh, because that's natural for you. You would understand that there is a difference between American football and what we call or what they call soccer. You would know those things. Now, I know that these are very generalistic statements to make. But the point I want to make is this, that when we're born into a culture things just seem right to us and we've been taught various ways and we've been accustomed to various things just because we have grown up with them and that culture is embedded in us. And so as we grow older, there's a natural tendency for us to defend and protect what has been part of our upbringing. So for me, being born in Bromley, and I've lived in Bromley all my life or this area all my life, Of course I've I've had fish and chips and things like that. I've had the Sunday roast. I've enjoyed uh, strawberries and cream and things like that because that's been part of the environment in which I have been raised. But as Christians, not only have we been born, but as Christians we have been born again. And that means that we've gone back to a new beginning and we're being raised in a new culture, a new way, a new different and different way from the way that we actually were physically born into. And whilst not everything about the culture that we've been born into is bad or evil, we should be now learning to embrace the things of the kingdom culture that we have now been born into. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. That means there are differences to the things of this world, to the ways in which Christians should live. Because we are not living according to the customs of this world, the customs of our cultures, but now we are living according to the culture and the customs of the King of Kings and of the Kingdom of God. Remember the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us to pray, my kingdom come, my will be done. Or your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, we want the things of the kingdom of heaven to come and happen in our lives. And here we are walking through these shakings, the shakings that are happening around us. These shakings of racial inequality, injustice, white privilege, the shaking that is challenging us to remember and to understand that black lives do matter. We need, in the midst of this, to be holding on to the culture of the kingdom of God, not just the cultures that we have been raised to. In in the Bible, in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, the word of God says this, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so if we're really going to walk together, work together, have true justice, then we need to agree to do so. And we need a place that joins us together. And that place is the kingdom of God. You know, the game of spot the difference, you've heard about that game. In the game, you have two pictures that are exactly the same. Well, I say exactly the same. One picture has been slightly adjusted and bits have been taken away. And your job is to look at both pictures and to work out what the differences are. Listen, living in this world is not a game of spot the difference, but rather it's about enjoying the diversity that God has given us. Diversity in skin colour, diversity in cultural heritage, difference in skills, insights and ways of life. Together we need to embrace this diversity enjoy this diversity and as a church to show this diversity and to show that this diversity can dwell together in perfect unity, in perfect justice. That is what we have been called to do so and it is a job that we still have to work on together as God's people. Together we need to be kingdom minded. My kingdom is not of this world. And as we concentrate on the things of this world, we get caught up in the ways of this world and the differences of this world. We need to be caught up with a kingdom mindset, which is the things of God, so that together we can find perfect unity in that. But you know what? We mustn't just say, oh, yes, that would be great to do that one day. We need to be doing that now and we need to be working on that now, because in the future we are going to see all races come together in unity. And therefore we want to work on it now. Uh, Last week, William read this scripture and I'm going to read it again today. Revelation 7 verses 9 to 10. After this, it says, and there... Before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There is coming a day when we are all going to dwell together all the rich diversity in perfect unity. Therefore, we want to be working towards that day now. And as church, we want to be displaying that diversity and unity to the rest of the world, showing that it is only through the kingdom of God that these things are possible. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, verse 3, he said this, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's why this Christians have to lead the way in showing that there can be unity in diversity. And that is our responsibility. So I want us to be prayerful about this. And I want us to be asking God, God help me. Help me to change my attitude. Help me not to be judgmental. Help me to be gracious to other people. Of course there's differences. There's differences in our culture, differences in our upbringing, differences in the way that we say different words, differences in our expressions, differences in our food, differences in our skin colour. But it's only in the kingdom of God that those differences can be found to be beneficial and the diversity brings a great celebration to us. And it's as God's church arises in this that we show that to the world. So we as church have work to do, but I want to encourage us. Let us make sure that we're plugging into the kingdom of God. My kingdom is not of this world. It's different from this world. But that's the kingdom where we find unity. And where we find that unity, that diversity can find its unity together. May God bless you and may you have a good week this week. I hope to see you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning. Or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.